Hi, welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Design's podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paulton. Today, I've got Janice Lynn. She's a managing partner at uh, Strategy Consulting and uh, co-founder and executive director of the California Energy Storage Alliance. And we're going to talk about uh, clean energy, which I realize is a huge picture, but everybody wants to know what's going on in that space. Isn't it right, Janice? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity to join you today. Oh, the pleasure is ours. But as I was saying, it is. I mean, there's a lot of moving parts out there because depending on how you look at it, we can look at everything from fixed facility things like geothermal to uh, portable solar to uh, wind, you name it. I mean, clean energy has a lot of definitions and a lot of moving parts, right? Yeah. So this space is so broad, so broad. And you know, what's exciting from our standpoint that's happening right now is the transformation of this humongous industry. And when I say transformation, um, I mean transformation akin to what happened to telecommunications some years ago, um, transformation on the scale of what the Internet did for modern society. What's happening in the electric power system today is that we have the opportunity to rethink how we've generated how we generate, transmit, and consume energy. And um, if we have anything to do about it, it will be um, a transformation that's much cleaner and also involve, of course, the electric, um, not only the electric power sector, but also the transportation sector. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's a very good uh, point to make is that often when we think about the grid, we tend to only think about the light bulb and the washing machine, but there are a lot of other things involved that draw power and can also... Uh, supplement, if you think about, say, for example, uh, municipal vehicles that have uh, batteries being used as energy storage when they're not on the road. Absolutely. So um, everybody knows about electric vehicles. They're becoming more and more prevalent. Um, One of the cool things about electric vehicles is they have energy storage on board. And what we're seeing now, and we've been very involved in um, trying to level the playing field and change the rules so that energy storage as a class, whether it's on board a vehicle, a large pumped hydro, oper- you know, a large pumped hydro uh, energy storage station, or if they're distributed batteries on the distribution or transmission grid, all f- what we're trying to do is enable all forms of energy storage to plug into the grid and Uh, achieve greater system optimization. What do I mean by that? So everybody's familiar with energy efficiency in the home, so the idea of conserving and using less energy. Well, with energy storage and a plethora of other tools, software controls, demand response, we now have the possibility of optimizing the system. So um, generating, consuming, and using energy more wisely, and hopefully to accelerate the integration of um, more and more electric vehicles onto the grid so we can displace um, uh, our tremendous appetite for fossil fuels for transportation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now, what are some of the, well, and especially when you think of that, and I, real, and, um, I recognize that fossil fuels may never disappear, but the key is to push them into the application spaces where they're required absolutely and not just because it's convenient to use them there but um, the question I have for you Janice is what are some of the big obstacles you see between today and tomorrow's shiny happy future 
Well, you know, let's talk about energy storage for one second because, um, you know, as we all know, this is a technology that is not new. Storage has been around forever. Um, it just hasn't been used that widely on the electric power system except for a little bit of pumped hydro. And the reason for this is that um, it has to do with our regulatory environment. And um, one of the cool things about a storage system is that it can deliver a lot of services from one asset. And because of the way we've regulated and buy electricity and power in the electric power system, um, our regulatory structure makes it very hard for that one asset to be compensated for all the services it provides. So actually, I would offer that the challenge for uh, energy storage on the grid is not um, technology per se. I mean, there's always opportunities for improvement, and there's a huge amount of innovation happening right now in many forms of energy storage, but the real bigger hurdle is um, creating um, the rules and the contracting mechanisms and the experience necessary within the electric power sector to procure these services so that providers of this equipment can get paid and finance their equipment and make it happen. And the good news is that's happening today, and it's happening in spades in California. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you think about it, the power grid is migrating more and more and more to a web-like uh, philosophy as far as tracking and building and such. And ironically, Hypertext was originally created to get authors um, – traction on their work so that they could get licensing fees and payments. So you know that one of the aspects is definitely going to be a more granular billing, which, uh, interestingly enough, as you, as you point out, will enable more creative usage of power as well. So in one way, it'll be um, interesting to see where it goes with that granular billing, but another, being more creative and able to bill shifting accounts and uh, on-spot demand things free, will free some users and give them more flexibility in energy use, I think. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely, and I can give you an example of a project that's being built right now in downtown San Francisco. So this is what I mean about transformation. Um, In downtown San Francisco, there's a network of probably 60 locations, and these locations all include solar that are charging, um, and the solar generation is integrated with stationary energy storage, So the storage is charged both by the solar and in part by the grid. They're connected with an EV charging, a high-voltage EV charging um, station that's – and all of these locations are built in the densest part of the city and, um, you know, typically sited at multifamily housing units. So these are the people who don't have cars or, you know, um, and really don't have easy access to either solar or um, electric vehicle infrastructure. Mm -hmm. And what this project is doing is it's enabling um, renewable energy to charge electric vehicles. It's offsetting consumption in the building. The stationary storage is being used um, to provide emergency backup in the case the grid goes down for critical services like elevators and, you know, other safety um, equipment on site. And most importantly, that storage is also being used to provide services to support the grid, our system operator, the California Independent System Operator. So it's providing frequency regulation, and and this is this is um, this project I think is just it, it, it exemplifies what we mean by 
transformation, you know, <laughs> it's bringing clean energy. It's empowering people to use on-site energy that's cleaner and facilitating electric vehicle infrastructure and the proliferation of EVs. And it's also supporting the grid and making the grid itself more efficient and cleaner. Well, and that's always a benefit. Now, um, some of the things that that are being done are pretty obvious. What are some of the things that you guys are doing, and gals, I should say, but I use guys generically there. I apologize. No offense to any ladies. But um, what are you guys doing directly to help move the ball along? I realize that you know you probably do a lot of uh, on the sides of the scene work consulting and observing and such but i think you've got some fingers directly in the uh, stew as well don't you right well we you know we've do, been doing our consulting work since 05 and then we got into intervention in the regulatory landscape quite by accident actually it was on behalf of clients and mm-hmm. um there was a realization that nobody was representing the energy energy storage is an asset class in the electric power system, and that's why we founded the California Energy Storage Alliance in January of '09. Um, we've made so much progress since then. California now has a requirement that um, our utilities procure um, 1.3 gigawatts of energy storage for the grid by 2020, and that requirement is really spurring along. Um, a lot of procurement of storage on the grid for the first time ever. So we're working out the contracting mechanisms, and um, and it's it's um, spurring a lot of development activity here in California. Uh, and so so much progress was made on the regulatory and the market front. Um, we decided the industry needed a marketplace, and that's why we started Energy Storage North America, which is. Um, uh, one of the largest grid-connected energy storage conferences and expos. It's uh, held in San Jose. Um, our next show is September 30th through October 2nd at the San Jose Convention Center, and it exclusively focuses on applications of storage on the grid, including the electrification of transportation or EV charging. And then finally, um, since CISA was formed, um, the, our California Energy Storage Alliance in 2009, there's probably 10 different grassroots regional storage alliances that have sprung up all over the world, and we recently partnered with five of them and uh, founded a global nonprofit called the Global Energy Storage Alliance to help accelerate um, learning and education on the role that energy storage can play on the grid. Um, not only on the modern grid, but also in accelerating uh, access to affordable electricity for the roughly 3 billion people who either don't have it at all or have access to only poor quality electricity. Got it, got it. Well, you know, that's one of the issues as well, because you mentioned the regulatory. Technology is pretty much straightforward, but it will be a big societal issue migrating forward as well because these solutions aren't isolated in glass jars they impact the community they impact the neighborhood they impact the municipality right yes but you know you have to remember in the electric unless you're talking about an islanded microgrid where it is pretty much in isolation um the everything is interconnected um, on the grid, and, and, and the grid, one of the challenges is that supply must always be perfectly balanced with demand. And uh, what we're 
coming to learn is that rather than just making that balance happen from a supply-side-only perspective, which is what we've done historically. We keep a lot of gas peakers around and fossil fuel resources, and they're just spinning, waiting to be called on. Um, A smarter and better way to do it is to leverage um, a much broader toolkit, which can include, um, uh, you know, um, using load, you know, so customer demand of energy and power more intelligently and also using energy storage. So it is all interconnected and one of the great challenges is that every region's different, every state, country, you know, within a country, states are different and even here within one state like California, the rules could be different if you're an investor-owned utility service territory or in a publicly owned utility service territory. So that's our challenge, and um, one of the things we're trying to do on a global basis is to facilitate this transformation, is to try to have standardized our understanding of how different resources can be used on the grid, so what are the various applications for energy storage, um, standardize and, and have a common understanding of safety standards, um, protocols, and, and, of course, most importantly in the electric power sector is a common understanding of how to evaluate cost effectiveness. You know, do the, do the benefits exceed the costs? And we're at a very early stage in understanding that when it comes to energy storage as an asset class. And, um, but that will change. And, and that change is happening, in my opinion, rather quickly. I agree, Bill. The changes happen. Well, we're literally making it up as we go along. There's so much going on. And... Um, Storage is both one of the least and most important things to think about because on the one side, you could pass storage by just generating constantly, as you point out, but the other side of that coin is storage is going to be critical in the future to balance the loads and the sources in a dynamic energy future because, uh, yeah, you might, with solar or wind, you could, you could have a generation capacity half again as large as uh, within minutes. And the system's got to be able to handle that kind of uh, push and pull, as it were, going forward. Right. I would just um, uh, push back a little bit on what you just said. And, and I would say there, the way we've been balancing the system, it works. It keeps, it's, it's actually a miracle that our electric power system works as well as it does. The issue is that... The way it's working um, isn't necessarily the most cost-effective, and secondly, it's not necessarily the cleanest. If you are operating a uh, combustion turbine at part load, it's not, and 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 ramping it often, um, its emissions are far worse than if it was run at a, at its, you know, ideal heat rate. So, um, what we're seeing even is um, some long-time peaker developers, fossil fuel peaker developers are now looking at storage and incorporating storage into their projects so that the fossil resource can run at its maximum efficiency. If you've got the asset, let's use it efficiently and let the energy storage device, which um, produces no emissions um, locally and can you know, be charged off the grid or even better charged from a renewable energy resource, let that, let the storage device be load following. And so you have, a, you have the same service. In some cases, the storage can do it even better because it can respond more quickly than a gas peaker and it's done more cost effectively and a whole lot um, 
cleaner for the environment with fewer GHG emissions. Well, I'll tell you something, Janice. That's why I don't mind being corrected on my show, because I always learn something. So never hesitate to push back, please. No problem. You can count on me for that. Um, well, and also, uh, we are getting towards the end of the show, so what I'm going to do is I always give my guests the opportunity for the last word. So before we close out the episode, what uh, I'd like to hear is your final thoughts, ideas, insights, tips, whatever you'd like to leave the audience with before we uh, say goodbye. Well, I understand that your audience includes a lot of technical folks, and um, I think I think the thing I would like to leave with everybody is that we are on the front end of a pretty massive change in one of the last remaining industries that hasn't been changed very much in the last 80 years. And when this change occurs, um, we're going to need a lot of help from folks that are probably listening on this call to um, especially applications engineering how do we integrate these technologies into the grid? How do we design them in a safer, more robust way? And how do we operate them and dispatch them? Um, so the skill sets that are needed to move forward in this regard, um, you know, uh, I, I think it's a tremendous opportunity for folks to um, contribute their expertise to this space and also at the same time to literally change the world because this is, this is the direction of a cleaner future. I agree completely. I agree completely, Janice. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We really uh, do appreciate every opportunity to get an insight on this incredibly complicated space that is uh, the future grid. And um, also, I'd like to thank you for the efforts you're doing to help sort it out for a lot of people. It's good to see companies out there making the ball move forward and trying to help the grid come into being instead of just standing on the sidelines and wondering out loud about it. Well, appreciate that. Thank you so much for having me today. Oh, the pleasure is ours. And I'd like to thank the audience for taking the time to be with us today. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul on Power. Have a great day. Thanks. Bye-bye.